Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 51. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's Laura Reagan, LCSWC, with today's episode. Today on Therapy Chat, you are really in for a treat. This episode is number 51, and it's the ninth in the practice building series for therapists. I said I was going to have eight, and I ended up with nine sessions, but you'll be glad that you didn't miss out on this one. Last but not least, I am so excited. Today, I'm going to interview business strategist Tara Gentili. Tara is the host of the Profit Power Pursuit podcast. She's a highly sought out speaker, the creator of the Quiet Power Strategy, and the author of books, The Quiet Power Strategy, The Art of Earning, The Observation Engine, and The Art of Growth. She's a fabulous business strategist and marketing and branding expert, I think you're going to really enjoy our conversation. She talks about how you can tap into your quiet power and use it to highlight who you are and what makes clients want to work with you. She explains it's not just about being yourself and how she uses systems to help people find her. She defines the three pillars of a business that she uses in quiet power strategy and why market research is important how you can use a virtual focus group to develop your business strategy, what causes entrepreneur burnout, and she gives one key way to avoid it. She lists tangible changes you can make to avoid entrepreneur burnout and teaches us about the importance of being intentional in our work to market our businesses and what business strategy really is. Most of us therapists do not have business backgrounds, and so sometimes these business concepts are just really new to us, but everything she talks about is pretty easy to digest. You'll walk away from this interview knowing one question you can ask yourself that will help you identify your business strategy. Go ahead and get started listening to this interview with Tara Gentili. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Today, I'm super excited to have a very special guest. Tara Gentili is with me on Therapy Chat today. Tara, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. You're a business coach working with entrepreneurs. And as you know, I'm a therapist. And I found that for myself and many therapists, there's a really big learning curve when it comes to developing and marketing our businesses. So... I wanted to learn how to do it the right way because I really knew nothing about business when I went to grad school for um, becoming a social worker. So I invested in business coaching, but it was kind of overwhelming because there's so many different things we're told about how to how to market our businesses. And even though we might be given step-by-step formulas, I think it can feel really uncomfortable to be salesy and you know, seems fake. It just doesn't seem to match sometimes. So can you talk about how you help people in that situation? 
Absolutely. Yeah, business can be completely overwhelming, especially for, you know, therapists and coaches and even like accountants who don't receive any kind of actual business education. You know, you learn how to do what you do and you learn the rules and regulations of your industry, but no one ever says to you, I assume, or this is what I've been told, you know, when you're in therapy school, (laughs) um, you know, here's how you set up your practice and here are the systems that you need to put in place. And here's how you go out and get clients. And, you know, here's how that can all work for you to create the life and and really the practice and the business that you really, really want. And that means then that you have to go looking in all these different places to figure out how this stuff is going to work. And you talk to people who've done it before, you read books. Um, and that, of course, is all if, if you're even okay with the concept or the idea of your practice as a business to begin with, which I know can be really uncomfortable in and of itself. So the way we help people create authentic uh, businesses, authentic business strategy is we help them really tap into what's true for them. And that can sound really cliche. And I work with a lot of life coaches who (laughs) um, would, uh, you know, they they talk about, you know, being your most true self. And um, I'm sure there's there's that kind of meme in in therapy uh, uh, speak as well. But what, what I mean when I say that is what your true advantages are. And we all have different advantages based on who we are as people and the skills that we have honed and the natural talents that we've been gifted with. And even the kind of attitude or philosophy that we bring to our practice and the work that we do, each of those things are advantages in the marketplace. And so what we help people do is really identify what those things are and then use them to their best advantage. Because what so often happens is is when you go read a book or you go, um, you know, you try one of those formulas, one, two, three step formulas that that somebody sold you, or, you know, you take a business class is someone tells you the quote unquote, right way to do something. And what you start to get is a to do list a mile long of all the right ways to do something. And each one of those ways is not taking into account what it is that's naturally attractive, compelling and effective about you and the way you want to set up your business. So we start off by really figuring out what that is. We call that your quiet power. That's sort of the basis of everything else. And then we look for ways to attune the different parts of your business, whether that's the the service that you offer and the packages that you offer it in, or the sales process that you use to book new clients, or the marketing process that you use to create more awareness for your practice, um, or the content that you create to kind of nurture and guide the people who are already paying attention. We look at each of those things and we, as I said, we attune them or align them to that natural quiet power that you have. And what that allows you to do is only focus on the things that matter to you. So that that mile-long to-do list of business shoulds gets whittled down to maybe three or four things that you need to accomplish week in and week out to really get the traction for your business that you want to have while also 
maintaining that authenticity and that truth and that kind of feel good uh, nature of your business. Because I really believe your business feel should feel good. It should feel true to you. It should feel authentic. And that when you are creating and marketing and selling from that space and even, you know, setting up internal structures in your practice from that space, then everything you do is more effective, which means you need to spend less time doing it. And I think that's what we all would like to achieve for our businesses. Definitely. And I'm just thinking about how when we are trying to put content out there like blog posts, you know, podcast episodes, videos, anything with the copy on our website, and it's really just some formula that someone else told us it doesn't really connect with us, like that incongruence really does show to people who are reading it or listening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also that when that, um, you know, when you've got that misalignment there, Mm -hmm. you're also willing to put less energy into sharing it. And that's a huge problem. Um, You know, the the core motivation for your business, uh, in addition to helping people, needs to be sharing how you help people with the world, right? It has to be sharing what you do, not just what you do, but sharing what you do. And if there's something in your business that's misaligned in that way, whether, as you said, whether it's the copy that you're writing, the content that you're creating, the videos you're producing, the podcast episodes you're you're posting, if that stuff is all misaligned, you're not going to want to share it. You're not going to be able to put the energy into it that's going to get it noticed and seen. And then you don't get to do your amazing work in the world. And that's a huge problem. Yeah. And then we're sitting here putting all this time and effort into it. And we're like fighting with ourselves because it doesn't feel it feels so hard. And then we don't have the, you know, like our spirits not in it when we're trying to promote it and it's and it just falls flat and then we're like why did no one buy that <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so you know on that subject just to get super actionable with it for a minute um one of the things that i really like to uh kind of coach people around in terms of how to to sort of tap into that natural authenticity, that natural truth, uh, first and foremost, is to ask them what they get really worked up about. Like, what makes you just really angry? Mm. (laughs) What do you see out there in the world? What do you see going on with your clients? What do you see in your industry? What do you see um, in the way people attack certain problems or address certain problems that makes you just get all sort of ranty? (laughs) Um, And there's all sorts of things. There's all, all of those, um, those little high horse moments that we have, right? Those little soapbox yeah. moments that we have, we all have them. And we all have at least three or four. Uh, many of us, myself included, have many, many more than that, right? <laughs> yes. So if you can list those things out and actually start creating content from that place, you're going to tap into that natural authenticity. Uh, you're going to tap into that really compelling philosophy that you have. And you're going to tap into what makes you most effective as well. And in In other words, you're going to tap into the very heart of that quiet power before you even completely understand it. And if you can start creating content from that place or, you know, maybe you rewrite your homepage around that even or your about page, um, 
that's going to help you kind of make that leap into creating something that's completely aligned with how you want to show up in the world, how you want your business to be known in the world. Uh, and then from there, you can sort of start uh, reverse engineering. Okay, what what was it about this thing? What was it about this particular rant or this particular um, idea that really got me going? And what was it that people were really attracted to about that. And if you can kind of find where those two things overlap, uh, then that's that's the the advantage that you need to be constantly highlighting in your work. And you'll find that your content and your copy and the, you know, the conversations you have with brand new clients, all of that becomes easier and more effortless over time. And you'll find it's all more effective too. Hmm. Thank you for that concrete explanation, because I think um, it's so it can seem so confusing. And one of the things about the way you do your work is, for one thing, you're clearly uniquely yourself, and you don't, you're not trying to be like someone else, you're just using your own personality and your gifts to do your work. And that works. I mean, it's, it's not fake, you know, I mean, you're just being you but and, and you're not pushing stuff on people. It's like, we find you. And then when we find you, we, if it resonates, we want to work with you. And that's what that's what feels right. Yeah. And to go a little bit further on that. First, I'm not just trying to just be me. I'm actively trying to not be other people, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I think that that's maybe something we don't talk enough about. And it's not that I'm, you know, it's not that I'm trying to manufacture being different than others. It's that I'm looking for specifically the things that are attractive and compelling about me and my brand that other brands are not. Okay. So you're so, emphasizing the things that make you uniquely yourself. Exactly, exactly. I'm emphasizing those based on actual market research that I am constantly doing, right? I'm constantly looking at the competition in my field and asking myself, what is it about me that's different? What is it what is it about that that makes people attracted to me? And how can I be regularly amplifying that so that when someone thinks of me, they have that one word or that one idea or that one, you know, kind of nugget of who I am top of mind. Therapists, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is, if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months.
just this morning, I was reading uh, the book, The 22 Law, uh, Twenty Two Immutable Laws of Branding. Mm. And one of the, the 22 laws is about, um, uh, you know, really about this in a, in a nutshell. And the author was talking about how brands, brands that are incredibly compelling own one word. And so if you had to imagine what that one word was that you could own in all of therapy or all of psychology or all of social work, what would that one word be? What would that one word be? For me, <laughs> um, and it sounds it's going to sound a little pretentious <laughs> to say this, but for me, that one word is smart. When mm-hmm. people when people think the brand of Terry Gentili or when people think the brand of Quiet Power Strategy, what I want them to think of is smart. And I actually think I do a really good job of this. It's the way I've been positioning my business for a long time. There are a lot of other, um, you know, there's a lot of other, especially female business coaches, strategists, um, and and kind of executives selling business strategy or coaching out there whose words might be you know, glam mm-hmm. or, or magic or spirituality or woo or, you know, all these other, I want my word to be smart. And so I've really been able to carve out a section of the market where I am the leader in smart business strategy. And my brand and my company is the leader in business, in smart business strategy. And that makes my brand incredibly compelling. But it's definitely a process of not only looking at who I am, but engineering that in opposition to the rest of the market. Um, And it doesn't mean that you need to put anyone else down. It doesn't mean that you need to say anything else is bad. But it is this process of kind of figuring out where is my opening? Where is my ability uh, or opportunity to really shine here? And where is my ability to carve out a section of the market where I am it. I am top of mind. I'm the leader. I'm the best. I'm the one that people think of because you don't need to own the whole market, right? You only need to own one very, very small section of that market. And that one word that you can come up with for your brand is that section of the market in essence. And the people who value that thing most will become your clients if they can find out about you. And I think that's that's the other thing, you know, you, you said, I, I'm not putting anything out there. I'm not pushing people uh, to come by from me or to come read my blog posts and people just find me. And that's true. And it's sort of like, it's sort of a very similar, a similar process. I actually work really hard at helping people find me. But the ways that I work really hard at helping people find me is that I am constantly creating to reinforce that positioning. And in reinforcing that positioning, you will naturally find me, but it will be because I put effort behind it. Right. It looks easy, but it's not. Exactly. (laughs) And it feels like, oh, wow, I just found this, this, I I just found this person or I just found this company and I can't believe I haven't found them before. It's like, no, I found you. (laughs) You I I am constantly looking to find you. Um, And I have a lot of systems in place for that. And so it's not me actually putting active energy into me finding you, Lara, right? Right. But um, it is 
it is still me putting effort into actually finding you. And I think that's a really important distinction to make when it comes to marketing, especially for um, business owners who are therapists or psychologists or social workers, is that, um, you know, it you do want that kind of inbound feeling, but there is effort involved in creating that system. And there is that intention that I'm going to find the right people for my business. I'm going to find the right people to support me. I'm going to find the right people to refer me. And, and that I think is, is just a small shift in your perception of what, of how you're going to market your business, but it's incredibly effective if you do it right. Yeah. And you know, that I think why I said, like, you don't push, because I know you do a ton of work. And I see with everything that I receive, that you send out, it's clear. It's, you know, the message is consistent from every aspect of what you do. It's not just like now I'm doing this. Now I'm doing that. It's all very <laughs> intentional. But what feels different is that I get sometimes I get five emails a day from someone telling me about what they're selling. And, you know, when I sign up on someone's list, and it's very off putting. And it's for me, not everyone might feel this way. I mean, sometimes it might be like, Oh, good, glad you reminded me again. But when I think about how I want to market, I don't want people to see a fifth email from me in one day and think, Oh, my God, like, leave me alone. You know, so <laughs> that's where it feels different. It's like, it's like what I want to get rather than bombarding and feeling, you know, you're, you're blowing up my inbox, like, I just want to unsubscribe. And obviously, that's very, again, very intentional that you do the market research to find out what the people that you're trying to reach respond to. Yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and that is that part of quiet power strategy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's probably one of the biggest parts of quiet power strategy. So we really look at kind of um, three pillars of a business. And so we look at you as the owner and what you contribute to the brand that you're building. Uh, we look at on the on the far side of that, we look at sort of the machine or the model or the system behind your business, um, whether it's the offers that you make or the marketing that you create around that or the sales processes that you have around that. And then we look at I shouldn't say in that in the middle <laughs> and sort of as as our key focal point, we look at customers uh, or clients and to me, understanding people, I mean, that is the most fun thing and it's the most powerful thing when it comes to your business. Um, and guess what? It's the thing that you guys as therapists do best, right? <laughs> um, and I think that this is why I've had the privilege of working with so many therapists over the years is because they get my process. Um, and it's not necessarily always easy uh, to execute, even if you get it, um, but you get it. And I love that. So um, just sort of like uh, a little background information on me. Um, in, in college, I did not study business. I do not have an MBA. I don't even have a BBA. I have a BA in religion. And I have been in, interested in religion uh, and theology and just worldviews for as long as I can remember. Um, 
for me, what is so interesting about the study of religion and worldviews is understanding how other people see the world and why they behave the way they behave. That, to me, is the core of understanding religion, or it's, it's at least my core of understanding religion. And so what I've discovered through business is that I can apply that exact same curiosity to understanding my customers and or my clients. And that process is what allows me to know exactly what's on your mind at any given time, right? Like I can send out an email and get a hundred replies back that say, that's exactly what I was thinking about. How did you know? Like, well, I spent a lot of time thinking about that actually. Um, so yes, market research is huge. Um, the number one tip technique that I use or helping clients and, and helping myself with market research is not thinking of it as quote unquote market research, but instead at looking at individual people. And so part of our quiet power strategy process is identifying your virtual focus group. And this is actually really easy. If you can think of three, four or five people who you have worked with in the past, clients of yours, uh, former patients, who uh, are people that you would just love to work with over and over and over again. If not that same person, someone who's just like them, right? If you could take those five people, stick them on a copying machine and just constantly crank out copies of them, your practice would make you so happy, it's not even funny, right? Those are your three to five people in your virtual focus group. Now, the reason that this works better than like an ideal client profile or even approaching market research as a whole is that when we look at market research or when we think about who our ideal client is, we tend to make generalizations and assumptions. And those assumptions are largely misconceptions, things that we are projecting onto our ideal client as opposed to things that are actually true. And so I have people look, I have business owners look at real people, real people that they've worked with. What is it about these people that makes that makes you come alive so much? What is it about the way you've worked with them uh, that made it so easy? What was it about them that allowed them to get the amazing results that they achieved? That what was it about them that allowed them allowed you to help them create that incredible transformation? Think about that. Then I look at four other things. For each of those people, uh, what is a particular problem that they're focusing on right now or a particular goal that they're focused on right now? And then think about what they're saying about that problem, what they're doing to either uh, overcome that problem or maybe what they're doing that exacerbates that problem. What are they thinking what you know what is going on in their head that they can't even say out loud about that problem and then how do they feel about that problem so what are they saying doing thinking or feeling about that problem and if you look at those uh, three, four, or five people in your virtual focus group, what you're going to find is there's likely a pattern there, right? They're likely doing the same things, saying the same things, thinking the same things, and feeling the same things. There might be some places where it's a little bit different. That's fine. What you want to look for are those particular patterns. And that's how that's the place where you want to engage people. And so this is what you do with the blog posts that you're writing, or the podcast episodes that you're creating, or the videos that you're putting out there, or even when you pick up the phone when someone new calls to make an appointment, 
These are the things that you're coming back to and engaging people with. And as soon as you do that, guess what? You're marketing and you're selling, but it doesn't feel like that. All it feels like is that you're engaging with people. And that's just one way you can use that, right? There's all sorts of other ways you can use it. You can build packages around that, service packages around that. You can build workshops around that. You can build group uh, therapy programs around that. You can do all sorts of things just by thinking about those three to five people and what they're saying, doing, thinking, and feeling about their particular top of mind problems or goals. Wow. And so you're taking all the work that you put into figuring out how to serve that group and using it in a lot of different ways. So it's not as, I guess, exhausting. Yeah. You're doing yeah. the same, <laughs> you know, you're kind of repurposing yeah. the same work. Exactly. Exactly. Because your whole business should be a system right? And so you want to be able to put energy into one part of your business and reap returns from every other part of your business, right? So if you're putting energy into marketing, you want that energy to be amplified when it comes to sales. And you want that energy to be amplified even further when it comes to what people are actually buying, the, the services that you offer, right? You want that to be amplified when people uh, are referring folks to you. So you want them to be repeating back these same things that you're saying about how you help people or who you help or the unique challenges that the people that you have help. And so all of that energy that you put into this one task, you want to amplify in every part of your business so that it's all working together. It's all consistent. You used the word consistent earlier. That's a huge part of this. You want it to be consistent. Uh, you want it to be amplified. Uh, and you only want to do that work once, right? And you want to use it over and over and over again so that uh, you are getting exponentially more out of your business or out of your practice than you're actually putting into it. Oh, and that's a great point that you just mentioned about getting more out of it than you're putting into it because a huge thing that I know I've struggled with and pretty much everyone I know who's a therapist or coach and trying to really, you know, build their business and grow it past just working with 20 people a week or whatever, um, is entrepreneur burnout. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you avoid that? You, you have such a big business. Like, how do you, keep going and keep it fresh and keep yourself fresh. Um, it's interesting that you use the word fresh because I was going to go back to the consistency piece, but I do think that there is an amount of freshness that you need to also kind of create as well to keep yourself interested. Um, but I do think consistency is a huge piece of it. Um, yeah. One way that people get burnt out is that they're constantly trying new things instead of following through with what they've already created. Yes. And <laughs> and that is just, I mean, sometimes I look at a business and I'm like, nope, you're doing the right thing. Stop trying to do something else. <laughs> like that's my only advice for you now is to stop trying to do something else. Focus on what you're, focus on what you're already doing. Create, make that a system, make that work. 
I think one of the reasons we get burnout is we're not actually following through on what what on what our plans actually are. Um, so that's huge. Another reason we get burnt out is because we think more work equals more results. But if in your if your business is set up where more work equals more results, and I think that this is true of a lot of people in your field, um, you're not ever going to get ahead. You're not ever going to be able to get away from that. If the only way you can make more money is to take on more clients or more patients, you've got a problem. Um, so you need to look at the actual structure of your business, right? So consistency and then structure. Um, and there's lots of different ways to do that. One way is to grow the practice to include more practitioners. Uh, another way is to you know, start working with groups. Another way is to get so focused on exactly who you serve that you can charge top dollar for your industry. Um, there are lots and lots of other ways, um, but those are, those are a few. So you can look at the actual structure of your business. Um, and then I think you know, the other reason we get really burnt out is because we are to kind of bring it full circle to where we started the conversation. Uh, the other reason we get really burnt out is because we're doing things uh, because we think we should, as opposed to doing the things that are actually going to work for us. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about what that actually looks like, what is going to work for us. But I would also add to that, that uh, I think more business owners, especially in uh, like the therapy and personal services space need to, um, think in terms of actually measuring what they're doing. Uh, I think we we do what we think we should, but we don't actually ever look to see if it's working. We kind of go based on feel, like do we feel like more people are calling? Mm -hmm. Do we feel like we're more booked up? Um, instead of actually looking to see what the numbers are. How many client in inquiries did you get this week? How many of those did you get booked? How many people, how many of those new bookings actually led to a second appointment? You know, things like that. If you're tracking numbers and measuring things, you can actually see if what you're doing is working or not. And I think when you can start measuring things and looking at what's actually effective, you're less likely to get burnt out because you're more likely to you know, to cross those things off your to-do list or to, to erase them from your to-do list rather uh, than trying to keep up with it if they're not producing results. And so that's, I think that's really important as well. Yeah. So it sounds like you're talking about just being really focused and intentional in what we spend our time on and not doing the other things that aren't effective. Yeah. And I know that that sounds really ridiculously simple, <laughs> but it really is. It really is like that. Um, and I think, you know, one one thing that I know has worked for a lot of people, a lot of my colleagues, a lot of my clients is is actually tracking their time. Um, so, you know, you have a very limited window of time where you are not seeing clients where you have the opportunity to market your business, to work on the structure of your business, to make the the phone calls, to, you know, uh, work on your website, whatever it might be. How are you using that time? Um, 
if you can start a time tracking system and there's you know one tool that's out there is called toggle i think it's t-o-g-g-l.com toggle um, but you can do it simply with a notebook too where you just write down every time you switch tasks so that you can actually see what is it that i'm doing with this time uh, you might be surprised how you use your time and you might be surprised how unintentional you are <laughs> about how you use that time uh, and you might start seeing patterns of how there are things that you are doing that are not adding to your bottom line, making things easier for you, reducing the possibility of burnout. And once you notice those things, you can stop doing them. But until you bring intention and attention to those things, you can't stop. You won't stop. Um, so yes, exactly. Start being more intentional with the way you use your time in order to get results for your practice. Yeah, so and it does sound so simple. But I mean, and I like the examples you gave of how you can track and keep track of your time and where you're spending where you're focusing your attention. But um, I, I think that for a lot of us, and I'll say, this has definitely been true for me, um, sort of off and on as I've in the three years that I've had my business. It's sort of like, why am I doing this strategy? Why am I like, why did I decide to do that? And I, do I know why? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Am I just doing great, it because I think I'm supposed to? Right. That's a great question to ask. For everything that you're spending your time on, uh, you should know how it's contributing to the business. If you don't know how it's contributing to the business, it's not contributing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that, I mean, I think that's huge for people, right? You know, so great. You're posting to your Facebook page once every day. How's that contributing to your business? Now, if, if you don't know, it's not, it doesn't mean that it's not the right activity. Um, but you better come up with a strategy for how that's going to impact your business. So don't just post to your Facebook page because you should post to your Facebook page because your goal is to nurture people who've been referred to you but haven't booked yet. Right now you've got an intention behind that. Now you have a way to direct that activity. Now you have a reason to show up every day on your Facebook page and, you know, make a post that actually accomplishes that goal. It may only accomplish that goal for three people, but that's three people you would not have accomplished that goal with otherwise. And that that can actually be huge. So, yes, for everything that you're doing in your business, uh, to grow your business, to get it in front of new people, make sure that you know what the actual specific intention is behind that thing. Yeah, it seems like if we can make it more systematic, it's just not so like, okay, what should I do next? Like, oh, God, like, what am I, I got to post something on Facebook today. Like, what should I say? I don't know, you know. Maybe this article, I, is this, does this match what I'm trying to talk about? And just making the putting these systems in place in one way, to me, it sounds kind of like, wow, I don't know how to do that. But that's where the coaching that you give comes in. <laughs> and then the other, you know, part, it sounds so comforting to think like, oh, there's just a structure and you just do this, this and this instead of like this sort of anything goes, I don't know what to do. Like my friend said they were going to do this. So I'll do it too. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to give you like a really concrete example of that, we're working on um, 
pretty much upending our content strategy. Um, and for the first time in six years, changing the way uh, we lead with content in my business. It's kind of an existential crisis for me in mm. a lot of ways. Uh, mostly we're in that we're switching from me being a blogger and blogging being the main way that I communicate with people to me being a podcaster and podcasting being the main way that I communicate with people. It's, it's a fascinating um, identity shift for me, I think. Um, at least I'm having a lot, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about it and coming to terms with it. But anyhow, it's not just that, right? That's the choice that I've made. Um, but then there's all the reasons why I've done that. And then there's the structure behind that. And so I have a whole document of what I'm doing every single day to reinforce that choice in the minds of my audience, how I'm communicating with them, what purpose that communication has, um, what form that communication is taking. All of this, it's a whole checklist document, um, basically a standard operating procedure for our content strategy. Um, and that kind of leads me to what the definition of business strategy actually is. And it's kind of um, it's kind of a big you know, conceptual thing. But at the heart of it, it's really simple. It has a lot of intention behind it. And it's actually a really, it's a really key piece that a lot of businesses are missing. All strategy actually is, is a set of decisions that you've made for your business about how you're going to win, whatever win looks like for you, and why you're going to do those particular things to win. So choices of what you're going to do to win, and then all the reasons why behind it, the intention behind it. And when you know what those decisions are, like for instance, I'm gonna be a podcaster instead of a blogger, or I'm gonna be a podcaster first instead of a blogger first, and here's why. That's a particular choice that I've made that guides everything else in my business. And that's the beauty of strategy is that strategy gives all of your action intention so that every day you know that the actions you take are getting you closer to your ultimate goal. It sounds so clear. And like I said, for somehow, maybe it's just my personality, but it sounds so comforting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Because, you know, honestly, um, on a surface level, for most people, the opposite is comforting. And um, I, I'm really fixating on this one idea from one of my favorite business thinkers right now. Her name's Nilifer Merchant. And this comes from her book, The New How. And she talks about how in business, um, and this, she, she's speaking to very large companies, right? She's talking to like fortune 50 companies, mm -hmm. but it also completely applies. In fact, I would say it even more applies to, you know, single person practices or small businesses. Anyhow, she says what makes most people comfortable is the execution piece, having a to-do list in front of them and knocking things off the to-do list. That's why we're constantly looking for those magic formulas, or we're constantly looking up how to do X or Y or Z, right? Because as soon as we have the how-to, as soon as we have the list of how to achieve those things, we can make ourselves feel comfortable again because we get to go back to the list and make the check marks or cross things off, and that makes us really happy. And so we spend all of our time doing this. But what actually makes the most difference in a business is figuring out why those things matter. And the, that, is a, that is a question that you have to sit with for a while. And when you're sitting with a question that you don't know the answer to, you tend to get uncomfortable. 
Um, And so, you know, strategy is something that's constantly evolving. My strategy is constantly evolving. I've just spent the last two months with a big hairy question that I didn't know the answer to um, or that I was coming up with the answer to. Um, And it was highly uncomfortable. I do not like not knowing how I'm going to achieve a particular goal. And I was sitting with that for two months. I did not like it. (laughs) But I know that that time and that question and that discomfort is the single biggest, uh, that can make the single biggest difference in whether I achieve my goal or not. If I am not willing to sit with that question, if I am not willing to come up with a thoughtful, deep, intelligent, uh, value-driven answer to that question, I can't achieve that goal. So it's not even like how, you know, what the, what the, uh, possibility is or probability is of achieving that goal. It's that it's impossible if I don't have an answer to that question. I can stay in execution mode. I can send the emails. I can post to my Facebook page. I can write the blog posts. I can create the podcast episodes and deliver my services. But if I don't sit with that open-ended question of how I'm actually going to get where I want to go, what those, what those big decisions are, I can't make that matter. There's no amount of execution that's going to make up for not knowing how I'm going to get where I want to go. And that's, that's the strategy piece. That's the, you know, choosing this over that, or I'm going to be known for this. And I'm going to forget about all the other people who want to be known for something else, or I want to help this particular type of client. And I'm going to let other people handle the other kinds of clients, or I'm going to set up my practice this way. And I'm going to work with people who that structure works for them. And I'm going to let everyone else set up their practice a different way. It's those choices. It's those uh, kind of hows to how your business is uh, going to create its great results. It's great transformations uh, that's actually going to help you get ahead. And it's going to give you purpose and intention behind all the execution then that you're going to do on a daily basis. Phew. <laughs> it's a it's a fantastic metaphor for therapy. When you talked about sitting for two months with that big hairy question, that's the process. If you don't go through that process, You can't get to your end result. And that's the same way it is in therapy. People are always like, okay, so can you fix this problem? And, you know, how quick can we get this done? And it's the process. You can't get there without the process. That's exactly what I tell my clients, too. Oh, really? (laughs) They don't don't like it either. (laughs) But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, they would love for me, they would love to sign up for a program, uh, start working with me and have a solution today, right? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You have to go through the process. You have to trust the process. And there will be times when you do not know the answers to the questions and where you are uncomfortable with the choices that are in front of you. Um, but it's important to work through that process so that you can get out on the other side and actually do something that matters. It's so funny, too, because I'll admit that while I was listening to you talk, probably in the first third of our discussion right now, I was like, I wish I could just hire Tara to just do this for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I don't do that. That's why I don't do that. I I mean, there have been many times, many times where I have thought, you know, I'm just going to throw together an agency of really expert people who do all these different things. And we're just going to fix people's businesses. (laughs) And you know what? 
that wouldn't work. Yeah. It wouldn't work. And so instead, I have chosen to do my best <laughs> to empower people to lead their own businesses, to wrestle with the hard questions, to make the choices that are going to get them ahead, and then apply a particular execution plan to each of those things. Well, what you're doing is amazing. And can you tell people, you know, I know you have a podcast, I'd love for you to mention that, but please tell people about all the different ways that they can learn from you. And I mean, you have a lot of different things. Yeah, I have a lot of different things is right. Um, so uh, the, the uh, as you said, I am hosting a podcast now. It's called Profit Power Pursuit. We've got about, I think, 30 some episodes in. Um, and I basically am taking people behind the scenes of successful small businesses and uh, going way beyond the what's your passion question. And we talk about team building and management and, you know, handling your time and what's actually working to grow your audience now, all of those different kind of nitty gritty details. That's what I'm asking people about. Those are the questions that I like to ask people about. And they're the questions that I think most business owners are really curious about when it comes to really successful small businesses. Uh, so that's Profit Power Pursuit. You can find it on iTunes or you can go to terragentilly.com slash podcast. Um, and then also quiet power strategy is the company that I run. And so quietpowerstrategy.com is the home for all of that. There's a free pricing course there that people might be interested in. I tackle pricing both from, um, a positioning standpoint. So what pricing actually says about your brand and from the financial standpoint. And that's just a totally free course you can sign up for. Um, we'll deliver it to your inbox. Uh, and then the uh, other thing that we have is a uh, community of entrepreneurs and business owners. We have plenty of therapists in that community. So you would be, um, you'd find lots of friendly faces and lots of people who understand exactly what you're going through. Uh, and that's called Quiet Power Strategy the lab. And that, that's simply at lab.quietpowerstrategy.com. Uh, I have tons of business building resources there. We have, we have daily conversations about growing your business. Um, and, uh, just lots of, lots of nice perks for those folks. Um, it's, it's just, it's a great place to hang out. I agree. I'm in that lab. I, I agree. It's a wonderful resource. And you didn't even mention, but you have tons of books that you've written as oh, well. Oh, I do have tons of books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm trying, trying to be choosy about what I say. But yes, um, probably the best place to start there is with uh, the Quiet Power Strategy book. Um, and you can find that on Amazon. It's just called Quiet Power Strategy. It's also at the Quiet Power Strategy site. So quietpowerstrategy.com slash book. Um, and it really just lays out a lot of the same things that I mentioned uh, today but in probably in a little bit more detail and uh, and it gets into some some different things as well some really specific examples of exactly what I'm talking about um, and I'm just I'm really proud of that one yeah awesome I can recommend that too as well as your wonderful podcast I mean I'm so grateful that you were willing to be on therapy chat today I think people are taking away so many nuggets of wisdom just from what you shared and knowing where to go to get more information about everything that you offer Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Tara Gentili. She is an amazing business strategist, as was quite apparent in our interview. She dropped so many nuggets of information. I think everybody could find something that we can take away if you're an entrepreneur. 
check out the show notes for links to all the resources she mentioned. And as always, please visit iTunes to leave a rating and review, subscribe and download all the latest episodes of Therapy Chat. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, visit Laura's website at www.lauraregan.lcswc.com.